0: podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network.
1: Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings.
2: Here's your host, Nick Shenton.
1: Hello, and welcome to season two of the Dine Local San Diego podcast. My name is Nick Shinton, and I'm your new host. I'll be carrying the torch for Kat Umphis who is on her way to Copenhagen, Denmark, to pursue uh, new culinary careers and, and life out there. So excited for her and really excited to be continuing on on what she has started here already. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a new format change for you Um We'll still be doing the great chef interviews, but along with that, we're going to be trying to trace the the path of fruits and vegetables from the farms all the way to their de- final destination and the final plates and restaurants are featured in. We're going to do this each week by talking directly about a farmer's market report where I'll be bringing in the leader of the farmer's market team as well as somebody who's been out on the truck each week delivering that farm fresh produce directly to the chefs. We'll also be talking about a little bit of a weekly segment or different segment each week about something else that happens within the Dine Local community of restaurants, whether it be a coffee shop, a happy hour, or something different like that. That might be a unique experience for our listeners to uh, go out and check out and enjoy. And then we'll always have the main course, which is going to be that chef uh, interview, where we're going to talk about how that chef views, views food and is... You know, really how they come up with their menus and the different things focused on the menu and the restaurant that they're working at. So without further ado, we're going to kick it off this week like we're going to do every week with a farmer's market report. Sitting to my right here is Joe Herman, the leader of the farmer's market team at Specialty Produce. Joe, what has been happening in the farmer's market this week?
2: Well, we're still uh, stuck with our summer staples here. Um, lots of tomatoes, great heirlooms from uh, Coastal, Tutti Fruity. Uh, even here locally, Point Loma Farms has some really nice tomatoes. We're, uh, we also have tomatoes from Gloria Tamai. The, we have a really great um, sun gold tomatoes, Munak Ranch. They're the, they're the sun gold master tomatoes like candy. Uh, we're also seeing peppers from Baelic Farms, um, lots of pimentos, lipstick chilies. Uh, hot Hungarians, hot Hungarians also coming from 2d Farms, um, Wiser as the... Uh, Shishitos, red mm-hmm. and green. Sorry, losing track here. Yeah, tons of peppers. Yeah. to keep Yeah, tons of, of peppers. Uh, Wallace Farms, lots of hot peppers coming out. I mean, uh, yellow ghost chilies, red ghost chilies, scorpion chilies, black cobras. So,
1: is it sweet first and then hot? Is that kind of is that how they come in, or is it just different varieties? It's just different, varieties different
2: varieties. Who's got what? Uh, a lot of farmers. The pepper game is kind of like slow this year. Uh, for instance, Trevino says all their hot cayennes, everything is still a month out. Wow, Not that it's just where they are, their climate. It's just micro, microclimates. They're telling me that they'll have 30-degree uh, temperature swings.
1: Yeah, so I guess the location of the farm here in Southern California really makes a difference to the seasonality, especially when we're talking about peppers. That's super
2: interesting. Absolutely. I did not know. Even figs. Figs is the next thing. We're seeing figs from a handful of farms. Uh, everyone's got black missions, including black sheep. Uh, Scott Farms has great variegated figs. We have a farm locally up here in Fallbrook, uh, Rancho de la Paz, Mi Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have beautiful figs and Atkins is the farmer. She's actually dropping off some figs this Friday morning. And that's uh, a new farm for us, right? That's, that's a, a new, new relationship that you went out and developed. And I know yeah. you actually got up to there to visit that farm
1: and you learned a ton about figs and, and just got to see all the trees and, and everything going on there. That must have been a really cool experience.
2: Yeah, a great experience. I learned a lot and everything's holding true. She She is a stickler about it. She's not going to give us figs unless they're ready to go, unless they're correct. And, you know... Figs, you have to pick at the correct time. They don't ripen off the tree. They ripen on the tree. And it's just all dependent on when they're ready to go. And that seems like it'd be a super important fact.
1: Uh, another thing that when you feature local, you can ripen all the way on the tree because you don't have to pick under-ripen for transportation. And that having these beautiful, delicate figs from these local farms, one of the true treats of the farmer's market through,
2: throughout the whole year. Super cool, Joe. Thank you very much for bringing those in. Anything else you want to talk about from the farm this week? Uh, just uh, we're seeing little hints of fall sneaking in here. We're seeing some pears, some kosui, bartlets, uh, apples as well, galas, Fiji's. We have an early girl um, heirloom apple. Never had it before. It was good. Um, and then also hard squashes. Seeing honey nut squashes from Wiser starting to peak their way in, sunchokes, things like that.
1: Awesome. I know that Honey Nut's a very popular one, very uh, really limited season on that, so get that one while it lasts. All right. At this time, I want to welcome over Brandy Reynolds to the podcast. Brandy is part of the Farmer's Market team, and she goes out on the Farmer's Market trucks and takes this farm fresh produce directly to chefs. And while she's doing that, uh, the chefs actually get to come out to the truck and sample, taste, taste, and really put eyes and taste buds on all of these different farmers market products before they make a purchase. So it really allows the chef to you know experience the fruit and the flavor of the vegetable before they get creative with it and decide what they're going to do with it. Uh, and I know Brantley, you've had a little bit of insight and had a lot of great talks with these chefs. And so, what have you been selling this week?
0: Right. So um, one of my favorite accounts to visit is Jason Nib at Nine Ten. Mm-hmm. You know, Excellent. It's so restaurant. much fun. Me up every time, and uh, this week he was on the hunt for yellow ghost chilies, the femme fatales in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some from Wallace Farms this week, and uh, he likes them for their tropical properties. They kind of have like a mango when they're not burning your face
3: off.
1: Yeah, I you know, this sounds really appropriate for him. I know, like, one of the yeah I know I know first of all, Chef Jason is Jamaican, so he does have that Caribbean flair to his cuisine, and he's always kind of looking for that uh, and he what I really think is cool about him is you know you don't see in fine dining the that heavier spice element because that's really difficult to work with when you talk about what's going on with your palate through the rest of the dinner experience, and I think he's like a master at really using peppers for their heat but still not overpowering anything else and to be working like with you know crazy hot peppers like you've been selling them that's really i think one of the signs of an incredibly incredibly talented chef sorry if yeah. i cut you off no there.
0: definitely like when i asked him like well, he made me eat one with him first of all oh wow and then uh, i asked him what he planned on doing with it and he's making an unmerciful take on pepper jelly
1: Oh, cool. Unmerciful take on pepper jelly. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, normally pepper jelly is pretty sweet. So I was assume this one's going to be he like. He says it's
0: not hot, but uh, he's got a taste bud for hot. That's for Yeah.
1: Sure. With that Caribbean heritage, you know, I think heat is all in uh, a relative perspective. Right. Awesome. Anything else you wanted to talk about
0: this week? Oh, uh, that's all I
1: got for now. Well, that was an awesome, awesome segment. Thank you so much. Coming up in a little bit here, we're going to be going into the grind, which is what we're going to be, uh, which is one of the segments. So we'll be adding a little bit of variety to the show between the Farmer's Market Report and the main course. So this week, uh, we're going to welcome Kate Irick to the studio in just a second. Welcome, Kate. This is the segment we're calling The Grind, where you get the opportunity to go out and sample the fare at different coffee shops, juiceries, smoothie places, things of that nature. And I know you went to a coffee shop this week. Where'd you get to go, Kate?
0: Thank you for having me. I got to go to Leap Coffee in Carlsbad, one of my favorite places near my house, and I love to frequent there probably around four times a week.
1: And did you get a chance to get a coffee drink?
0: I did. I finally got to get the oat milk sweet cinnamon latte with an extra shot. So is it like an oatmeal cookie or what? It is like Cinnamon Toast Crunch in a latte, which is cinnamon my favorite crunch. cereal growing up. Yeah. So it's like happiness.
1: And so is that hot iced?
0: I got it iced because it was very hot that day. So but the, they're both the good either way.
1: All right. And did you get to sample some food there?
0: I did. They just changed their menu and they have amazing salads, amazing uh, paninis to go, mm-hmm. little grab-and-go boxes for the kids, which I love because I have two kids. So when we go there, we get... Everything, we touch every base. Mom mm-hmm. gets coffee, kids gets food, everyone's happy.
1: Yeah, one-stop shop for yeah. quick little beach outing or running errands or anything like that.
0: After-school snacks.
1: Great little pick-me-up. And where's that located at again?
0: It is located on Faraday in, off of Palomar Airport Road in Carlsbad in the Business Park area. So mm-hmm. if you work in that area, it's a great place to have lunch.
1: And I know Leap Coffee has got a couple other locations They're opening
0: well. one in the beginning of October in the shops at Carlsbad. On El Camino in 78.
1: Oh, that's going to be a great little spot It's going to be
0: huge. So if you are Christmas shopping and you need a coffee pick-me-up and you need food, check them out.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Kate. Coming up next, we've got the main course. That's going to be our chef interview. Stay tuned. (laughs) So this is the show. This is the main course. This is the... The legacy of dine local, and we're carrying it on with the chef interview. One of the main focuses of the previous dine local season one podcast. I'd like to welcome Letty McKenzie to the studio. She is Hi. The, she is the chef of Beerfish over on Adams Avenue in North Park. Uh, what a great great spot there, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but first of all, Letty, welcome.
3: Hi, how's it going?
1: <laughs> Wonderful. I want to talk a little bit about food today, um, kind of like what your menu's like, uh, what your goals are with that menu, and maybe just a couple of things about it. So let's first of all, let's dive into that menu. Uh, what's your favorite thing on the menu right now?
3: Uh, there's a couple of things. One of them, of course, is uh, the calamari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorite dishes. I do a prodding that I've worked on for a couple of years just to get the seasoning, the ratio of like the panko cornstarch and flour properly like in there so it's not too bready or it's not too dry or it's not being coated correctly. And then I do a sweet chili sauce.
1: And the, that sauce on the dressed in the calamari? Is it it's, tossed onto it's it? It's not
3: tossed. We dress it on top. Dress it on top. And then we put furikake, which is a like nori seasoning. Mm-hmm. We, sesame. Yeah, and... sesame, nori, a um, couple of other spices. And then there's deep fried jalapenos in there. We chara lime. So mm-hmm. it's a little warm, sweet, but citrusy, and um, it's pretty much it. You know, top it with scallions and call it a day. It's very simple, but it's it's really one of the best like things on there, I think, appetizer wise.
1: Sure. So I, just something really reeling, and just that little quick sentence about your passions. I mean, to to take time to actually develop a ratio that's specific for the application you are for breading to take time and say, you know, okay, I want this amount of panko, this amount of cornstarch, and this, you know, just to really work on those ingredients and getting the right coating for the application you're doing, I think really is, you know, really is a testament to your dedication for development and really coming up with something that works, not just breaded calamari with a sauce, but what's going to allow that thing to be, it's crispy, be delicious and make people come back for
3: it. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially calamari, like, you know, we're, Basing it right now, we're putting it in buttermilk. So when you want that, you know, coating a stick, you got to deep fry it quick and bring it up because it goes quick. You don't want it to be rubbery, overcooked, and chewy and gross. Yeah. So then that's the other reason of why these, you know, coming up with these special recipes are very important. You know, it wasn't just, hey, I pull this quickly out of my head and here it goes. No, it was over years and times, you know, this much cornstarch is a little too much or this much breading is too much on this. And I want everyone to have the same experience when you have that dish. Yeah. You know, wanna, you know, you don't want it to be extra coating or not enough coating or people going, it's too greasy. I want it to be imperfectly perfect all the time.
1: That sounds awesome. You know, and I think that's you know another thing that uh, I've noticed about you. Here at Specialty Produce, you've been taking advantage of that studio kitchen. You're actually in there today working on some new menu items and more development. And the fact that you really take the time to execute something to make sure that, you know, the volume you guys do over at Beerfish out of that tiny little space is really amazing. And I think that the time you put into the menu development of it makes it that executable and allows people to have that, Again, that perfectly imperfect experience every single time they go back and order it. I need to make it there for that calamari. That sounds, I oh. like, I generally don't do flour or breaded stuff, uh, but man, that sounds good.
3: It's, it's like I said, it's one of the things that when people ask, what do you recommend appetizer wise? It's the calamari and our disco fries.
1: Cool. So what, you know, talking a little bit more about food, is there a certain ingredient that you look forward to throughout the year? The seasonality, is there something like that you just can't wait for that season? Or any favorite just ingredients come to mind?
3: I mean, I I just love food in general. So I think the change of seasons, even though we're like, people go, we're in San Diego, there's no change of seasons. There is. We just don't feel it. We don't get snow. We don't get those crazy winters. But there is a change of season. And to me, I think... The fact that we could get almost anything here is very important. Um, if you know me well enough, you know I make a seasonal mole. Mm-hmm. So every couple of months, there's a new mole that I make. Not one mole of mine will ever be the same because one day it will probably be passion fruit because that's in season. Or I'll use prickly pear or I'll use tamarind or I'll use plantains. Like you never know. Yeah. Each ingredient has a different story. So each time I make something different, I'm telling you something new. I'm never gonna tell you the same old the little engine that could story. Yeah, it's gonna be the golden box, but the entire series.
1: Well, you know, mole. I th- you know what a labor of love that is to make that and execute that. And you know, I, I I've heard you talk about your Moles before, and how again the passion that you exude I think is so relevant in your both evident in your menu design and the the, the actual food and how it tastes. Uh, just super cool, awesome. Uh, so beer fish right up on Adams Avenue.
3: Yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you
1: got any uh, upcoming events you want to talk about? Or
3: um, there's a couple of them. There's one that we're still working on. I know it's. Uh, I'll just throw it out there. September 24th. Just very much keep that open if you can. There's only 30 seats. It's. Uh, it's going for a non-profit. We're right now waiting and working on the last kinks before we actually announce it. But I'm very proud of this menu. Um It's the first time I've done something like this. Last year during the super blooms, I went all over San Diego and really looked at the vegetation around, you know, what we have in our parts and the mountains and this, you know, sunset cliffs. And I realized the wild sunflowers that you get in Borrego Spring are not the same as the wild sunflowers that you get on the coast. And so I started kind of going around and kind of looking at how each, like, part, each region is, um, you know, just different with everything that we have. Even though a sunflower is a sunflower, it's not really a sunflower. So this dinner is actually my take on what San Diego is via the food and the seasonal products that we'll have in. Okay. So, now, if I
1: want, I, if I want to keep up on those thirty seats, can I follow you on Instagram? we you're gonna post, post? I'm gonna post it
3: on Facebook and Instagram. What are your
1: handles, real quick, for uh, everybody out there?
3: So if you go on Instagram, it's Bullet MCK, mm-hmm. and then same thing with Facebook. Like none of that Bullet
1: changes. MCK.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, that sounds super exciting.
3: Yeah. So I have that. Um, I know. We've been talking to a couple of breweries about maybe doing beer dinners with them. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people don't realize that I like my background is more of like elevated bar food and, you know, fine dining. So coming to beer fish and being able to execute sandwiches and salads, like to me that's not just a salad or a sandwich. You know, it's more to that. I I've always said it, I cook food for the common folk because I am the common folk. I am the working class. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to feed everyone just as equally as I'm able to feed someone that's eating fine dining to the person that's having like a burger.
1: Yeah. I mean, good food is good food. And when, you know, it doesn't matter what the, you know, again, like we talk about street food influence on, you know, we take the poorest of foods and yet they, as, as street food, yet they influence cuisine throughout the country and throughout. Just say, you know, even in San Diego, you know, you get so much influence from all over and oh, definitely. there's nothing that's, you know, nothing that can't be elevated and executed with the mindful eye and dedication of a chef like yourself. Um,
3: yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. And that's, you know, when every, lately especially, I have a lot of people going like, oh, I'm going down to TJ and I'm going to check out this place and this place. And I'm like, why? I mean, not saying you shouldn't go to these fine dining establishments, but If you really want to understand the food down there, go down and get a taco off the street from the guy in front of Max by the so-and-so and and blah, 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 or go to this part of it and go there. Try that first. Understand the food and the concepts that they're doing and then see what these fine dining establishments are doing because what they're doing is they're taking, like you said, taking a taco al vapor and then they're making it into whatever dish that they're doing and they're charging, you know, double, which is fine Because that's just going to be as good. But if you don't understand this small taco, then you might not understand what they're trying to do here. And each plate is a story being told by a chef.
1: You know, one of the things that you kind of mentioned earlier that kind of resonated with me is I cook for everybody. And, uh, you know, having that passion to cook and having that passion to execute, uh, you know, it's just so evident every time I get to talk to you. Letty, thank you so much for no breaking my cherry here, and
3: uh, <laughs> I like to do that.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, and uh, you know, doing the very first podcast. Really appreciate you coming very by. Very exciting. Uh, super excited to have you. Good luck with everything you do, and that's going to do it with us for the very first episode of season two, of the Dine Local Podcast, Yay. San Diego. I'm your host Nick Shinton. Thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to talking to you guys next week.
3: Bye.